Unfortunately, we have to start today with some sad business news. Yesterday, the owner of Linda's Bar and Grill on East Franklin Street announced that the restaurant is closing for good this week after 47 years in business. Daily Tar Heel first to report, current owner Christopher Carini has run Linda since 2011, but they've been struggling since the pandemic hit in 2020. Carini launched a GoFundMe campaign in October to raise $135,000, but raised only $35,000 in donations. Linda's will remain open through Friday to give customers a chance to say farewell. You can read more about Linda's, including more comments from Carini on our website, chapelboro.com. Now to transportation news. As North Carolina is seeing an increase in passenger rail ridership, that's projected to continue as the federal government just pledged more than a billion dollars for high-speed rail. What's the impact likely to be of that for our state? 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell has more on that. This route has been a long time coming and is a historic investment which will bolster North Carolina's transportation infrastructure. That is U.S. Congresswoman Valerie Fushi, who represents North Carolina's 4th District that covers Orange and Durham counties. She was joined on stage by Governor Roy Cooper, U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and others to announce a federal grant going to a new high-speed rail line between Raleigh and Richmond. The $1.09 billion grant will go towards supporting the first segment of the passenger S-Line route, which will reestablish tracks on a freight route that used to run between the North Carolina and Virginia capital cities. Fushi serves on the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure and said with the state growing at the third fastest rate in the country, projects like the S-Line are key to easing current and future transit burdens. Our local infrastructure is struggling to keep up with the demands that come with the rapid growth in our area, and I am confident that this passenger rail will help further transportation expansion throughout the state while supporting local families and businesses that rely on passenger rail day in and day out. The grant is the largest awarded in the history of North Carolina's Department of Transportation, and comes as the state is seeing a noticeable uptick in passenger rail ridership. The department reported toward the end of 2023 that it was on track for the highest ridership numbers in North Carolina by train's history, and October 2023 marked the highest monthly ridership on record. Matthew Palm, who is an assistant professor in UNC's City and Regional Planning Department, agrees with the elected officials that the project and grant will be critical to boosting passenger rail. Palm also pointed to $3.5 million awarded in planning grants to further expand North Carolina's normal passenger rail to cities not yet served, like Asheville, Winston-Salem, and Wilmington. He said that's another encouraging sign. With all these people coming, there's going to be a higher demand for that inner city travel for business, for work, but also for recreational and leisure activities. And if all those people just end up going onto our highways, our, our system is going to be clogged and That's not going to be good for the economy. It's not going to be good for quality of life. And so we kind of need an all-of-the-above approach where we're really investing in these other modes like rail. Palm's research at UNC looks at how transportation planning affects populations and how improving transit access can also improve individuals' lives and regions' economies. He said a common thread in areas with abundant passenger rail is economic boost once that transit provides a faster option for people to travel, establish partnerships, and conduct business together. Palm added, You also see potential for more efficiency in housing markets because now you're opening up 
new areas uh, for people to live because their commute times can be a lot shorter in between cities. The Raleigh to Richmond rail line, though, is a very long-term project. Such high-speed rail options do not exist right now in the United States, with the Amtrak Acela train in the Northeast and the Bright Line in Florida as the two closest comparisons. Palm said because this will be a relatively new form of transit for the U.S., people should pump the brakes on thinking this rail line will be operational soon. But, Palm added, North Carolina earning the federal grant and seeing renewed interest in passenger rail is a stop in the right direction for building out a more extensive, connected network in the future. We're just getting started, but we have the right mix of a growing population, a need, and political will from both sides of the aisle, which is very exciting. For 97.9 The Hill... I'm Brighton McConnell. Now to education, where there's been a lot of public conversation about supporting students in troubled schools specifically. A lot of that discourse revolves around the bigger districts, but smaller districts face many of the same challenges. With a closer look at one school in Gastonia, here's Elena James with the UNC Media Hub. Every person who enters Lingerfeld Elementary School in Gastonia is greeted by a bright red marquee. Lingerfeld is the best elementary school in North Carolina. The school, however, is failing. The NC Public School report cards issued an F for the 2022-2023 school year. The school hasn't received higher than a D since the grades were first issued. Lingerfeld is one of more than 800 schools the state DPI has designated low-performing. Dr. Ethan Hutt is an associate professor in the School of Education at UNC Chapel Hill. His research is in school metrics, including this grading system. In the abstract, it's good to say like we want schools to be really honest with themselves about where their kids stand and have conversations about how to get students to where we want them to to get to. New principal Gary Koch says the grade isn't a fair reflection of his students and staff. It's his first year as a principal, and he has made it his goal to get Lingerfeld out of low-performing status. Koch is determined to, as he describes, narrate the positives, speaking words to existence through sharing his mantra twice a day on the announcements. Welcome back to the best elementary school in the state of North Carolina. This is Principal Koch with your morning announcements. Koch has worked in the county as both a teacher and a vice principal. Koch is rarely in his office, preferring to make his daily rounds, giving fist bumps and offering encouragement. Appreciate you working hard, okay, buddy? Appreciate you, rock star. We love you. Work hard, read books. Listen, you guys have the best teacher in the world, so I do not expect any less, all right? It gives me the opportunity to just to walk the building and see the smiles on their faces, knowing that I'm making a difference in their lives. Mr. Koch's commitment to Lingerfeld students isn't enough to overcome the real challenges. A high percentage of the students are economically disadvantaged, so the school receives additional federal funding to help close achievement gaps. Angie Mola, the new vice principal, says the students face challenges related to their environment. Poverty is stressful, and so that all bleeds into everything else. Morgan Cassidy is one of Lingerfeld's two counselors. She teaches social-emotional learning classes. What they don't really understand is happening to them is it's a lot of anxiety, it's a lot of acting out because they don't know what to do or how to handle their emotions. She says the school offers a clothing closet, hygiene kits, and an on-site washer and dryer for students who might be wearing dirty clothing. Lingerfeld has struggled with retaining teachers through the years. Mola said that limited funding makes it difficult to increase teacher salaries, leaving teachers nationwide to feel that their salary isn't worth the stress. There's like a reputational harm and there's certainly a 
a psychic harm and then they go home and people Google their school and they're like, well, that school is good enough. 80% of the school grade is determined by proficiency or meeting state mandated performance standards, while 20% is determined by school growth or how much students excel in a given year. Success doesn't mean you may earn 100% on an assessment, but success could simply mean today you earn a zero, the following day you're going to get a 0.5. Next day, 1%. Next day, 2%. Coke will keep narrating the positives. And Katrina Ashelman, a content teacher, says the students are feeling it too. You ask any student in our building, they have no idea that we are an F school. You ask any student in our building, and we are the best elementary school in the state of North Carolina. I'm Elena James, reporting. Teachers, thank you for teaching Bell to Bell. Thank you for pushing the thinking back on the students. And you can read more Media Hub stories on their website, mediahub.unc.edu. One more bit of news. It is winter and cold and flu and COVID cases are all on the rise. So UNC hospitals are imposing temporary visitor restrictions starting this week. Kids 11 and under and any adult with respiratory symptoms are going to be prohibited from visiting patients at the hospitals in Chapel Hill, Hillsborough and Siler City. You can get more details on that on our website, chapelboro.com. And visit Chapelboro for even more local news, including details about $500,000 in grant funding for eight local organizations as part of Orange County's Climate Action Program. Hey, it's 621. Time now for sports brought to you this hour by Rosewood Wealth Management. Carolina men's basketball went on the road last night and came away with a gritty win 70 to 57 over Pitt. Tar Heels did not score in the first six minutes, but rallied quickly and took the lead for good at halftime with a buzzer beating three from R.J. Davis. Inbounds to R.J. Davis to Cadeau. Back to Davis. His three at the horn. Count it! Davis swishes it home at the buzzer. Davis with 15. Armando Baycott led the way with 16 points and 10 boards. He became just the seventh Tar Heel in history with 2,000 career points. After the game, a very happy head coach, Hubert Davis. A great place to show that the guys fought tonight is we out-rebounded Pitt. You know, that's the second straight game that we've out-rebounded our opponent. Pittsburgh is the best rebounding team in our conference. And not only did we keep them off the offensive glass, we went to the offensive glass. It was fantastic. And I'm just really proud of the guys, just the way that they stepped up in in pressure situations on both ends of the floor. And to see their smiles at the end of the game was just priceless. It's awesome. It's one of the best wins. It's just a um, really happy locker room, and I'm just really excited for this team and this program. All that audio courtesy of the Tar Heel Sports Network. You heard it right here on 97.9 The Hill. Carolina's next game is this Saturday at noon, still on the road at Clemson. Tar Heels also moved up a spot to number eight in the AP rankings this week after beating Charleston Southern 105-60 to on Friday. UNC women's basketball also got a win over the weekend, 82-76 to over Clemson. Lexi Donarski with 23. Three points to lead the way, including six three-pointers. Alyssa Usby had another double-double, 21 points and 11 boards. That's three wins in a row for the Carolina women, but the Tar Heels actually dropped out of the AP Top 25 this week, just behind number 25 Syracuse. And as luck would have it, Syracuse happens to be the next opponent tomorrow night at Carmichael Arena.
Elsewhere in UNC sports, the 2024 schedule is out for Tar Heel men's lacrosse. 14 games, including seven at home, starting with a season opener against Mercer in Atlanta, followed by the home opener on February 24th against Johns Hopkins. Season wraps up on Senior Day, April 27th, at home against Duke. You can get the full schedule at the UNC website, GoHeels.com. And congrats to Tar Heel wrestler Lachlan McNeil. He took second at the Soldier Salute over the weekend in Iowa. And finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes rolled to a big win on the road last night, 6-1 to over the Rangers. Canes are back in action this Friday on the road at Washington.